Welcome to Unlocking the Truth, a podcast where we discover God's truth for ourselves by studying His Word in order to lead us to a personal transformational relationship with God. Here's Mark Sheldrick with the podcast series, Ignite Your Passion for God. Hello everyone, it's Mark Sheldrake here. This is Unlocking the Truth Podcast, a ministry of Precept Ministries Canada, back in the studio. How about that? We are recording again from 61 Sherwood Drive in Brantford after uh, a number of weeks through the Resolve podcast coming to you from uh, a local church here in Ontario. So thankful for you to be tuning in with us. Hope you were uh, blessed by um, walking through the book of Daniel. What a powerful book that is. And uh, that was just wrapping up a couple weeks ago. Uh, Where we're headed for the next number of weeks is going through uh, a 40-minute Bible study. If you uh, feel you would like to purchase that book, you can from our e-store, Ignite Your Passion for God. And so it looks like, you know, we're, we're coming out of this COVID-19 pandemic, some provinces are still struggling with what they're calling the fourth wave. But uh, over that time, there's been a long period of time, folks, close to almost close to two years. Some people haven't entered the doors of a church in two years. Some people have been tuning in online, all kinds of different things. But some people, some people most likely have just, you know, abandoned or begun to walk away from from the faith altogether, or sinking into a, a place of apathy towards the things of God. And so I thought it would be a great thing to, to record for the next number of weeks ways in which we can ignite our love and our passion for God. So uh, tune in and be a part of that, and uh, we're going to get started. I'm going to pray, but we're going to get started with kind of uh, maybe an intro week, I think, be sort of a, a gathering of our thoughts of where we will head um, throughout the Bible study that we're going to do. Topical, of course, folks, so there will be uh, not a verse by verse through every book, through the book of the Bible, but we were going to go on a We're going to cover a topic. All right, let me pray and let's get uh, right into it. Father God, we do uh, come before you so thankful for who you are. Father, we pray that as we have been uh, really uh, in the midst of this pandemic for the last number of months, uh, you know, Lord, the timing of all of this, but also you know the lessons that you are uh, causing us to learn uh, throughout this time, perseverance, uh, unity, all of these things that we uh, need to remember and come together to to understand, Lord. But Father, most of all, we know that uh, your call on us is to keep our eyes on the things that are holy and righteous and not to get uh, drawn in to things that are of this world, these things that cause us to to draw our attention and our love and our passion and our desire away from you. So, Lord, I pray for each and every person that is listening to this podcast, whether it be in Canada or another country, Lord, that um, this would be an opportunity to to send this out, to share with friends uh, who are struggling in their faith. And, and, Lord, as we look at this, that maybe going through the valley, for whatever reason, that this might be an opportunity to fall deeper in love with you again. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let me give you the basis for uh, where we're headed here. So uh, in 2015, uh, Kay Arthur and I were driving in a car together, and, and she um, said to me, Mark, would you write what's on your heart? Would you write something that you're really passionate about? And I said, yes, yes, and I have shared this story in the podcast before. I said, I would write something uh, that would kind of bring together uh, what is my greatest uh, desire, my greatest passion, and I will put it on paper. And so I took um, about a week in August of 2015, and I wrote this 40-minute Bible study called Ignite Your Passion for God. And there it sat, and, and I submitted it to the editors, and, and then it came back, and Kay and I did a great uh, amount of work on it together as a team, and then it was published and released, and uh, now it's in many languages. I'm blown away uh, every time I see this book come into a new language, but even more importantly, I am uh, overjoyed when people will email me or message me about how challenging the book was to get um, in a deeper passion and love relationship with God. And that's exactly why I wrote it. You see, uh, the reason I wrote on this, the subject of apathy is because I'm an expert. And so I won't go into my whole testimony. You can go uh, and listen to multiple uh, podcasts where I've shared uh, as a pastor, I was serving in the church, and I was preaching the Word of God each and every week, and and really started becoming to the point where I was even doubting whether I was really kind of believing what I was preaching. Oh, yes, I believed in the gospel. I believed in salvation, but uh, things in preaching through trials and perseverance and, and through suffering and some of the things I was going through in my life at that time were very difficult things to go through, and uh, I found myself, I found myself going through the motions of faith. Oh, the worst. It's the worst thing to be going through the motions. You know, you're looking up at the screen and you're singing the songs, but they have no meaning to you. And you're looking around at all the people in the church and their hands are raised and, and they're belting out at the top of their voices in great worship and love for the Lord. And you're like, I don't have that. I've, I, you know, my hands are in my pocket and, and I'm checking my watch and I'm like, when is this thing going to be over? You know, like it was a burden for me to get to church for an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. This, this was kind of the lowest of the low. Oh, Mark, that's depression. You know, you're no, listen, I don't know what was going on, but, uh, God and I were as far apart as we possibly could be. And the thing is, he never changed position. It was me. And so I want to walk through this week, <clears throat> I want to walk through um, some principles. First, I want to define apathy. I want to give you seven signs that are reasons for uh, being apathetic to the things of God. And then I want to pull us together and I want to show us five ways to ignite our passion. And then over the next number of weeks, we're going to break down those things individually. We're going to break down each one that is going to stoke the fire and light the fire 
uh, for us, okay? So let's walk through this, and I promise we, we probably won't be hours in this today. Let's, let's look through um, uh, first the definition, okay? So the definition of apathy as the dictionary. Good old Webster's Dictionary describes apathy as the absence or suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement. And so uh, better defined as a dullness of heart that affects the way you look at life. It's this, it's this attitude of, meh, eh, I don't care. I just, I just don't care. Now, now, there are people in the world that if they've faced hurt in their life or they've faced difficulties in their life, and, and they want to hear about what's going on in somebody else's life, that person who hurt them, they say, I don't care. I mean, that's, a, that's an excuse. I don't know if that's a Canadian thing or whatever, but we actually do care. We just don't want to hear about it because it brings back too much hurt. But you see, this, this dullness right here, this dullness that's being talked about, is this, I really don't, I, I, just, I just don't care. Like, my heart is not in it. I could go either way. I just, it just doesn't bring me joy. And, and so this, this apathy that comes, uh, there, are, there are signs of this apathy. But I want to, in the 40-minute in the book and in the write-up of the podcast, we, we talked about it. And, and the, the one thing that uh, drew my attention to sometimes that our brain just shuts off and just doesn't really pay attention was one time I was driving, and I was taking my kids to the grocery store, and I knew, and I had the grocery bags in the front seat, and the kids in the back seat, and the grocery bags were there, and, you know, I was just so in this, you know, meh, eh, whatever, like my brain was totally shut off to what I was doing, that I actually drove into the, to the office parking lot, of the church, and I parked the car, and I was starting to get out and realize this is not the grocery store. Sometimes in our lives, we, we get put on autopilot. You know, the, the most interesting thing about the iPhone now is when you start the car, the iPhone tells you that if you're getting in the car around 8.15 in the morning, that this, it tells you it's five minutes to your work. Or on Sunday, it'll tell you it's 25 minutes to your church. I mean, this is... It grabs patterns, and it starts to follow in. Do you need directions? Do I need directions to, to the office? I, I've been coming to the office for 14 years. I don't need directions, but it also tells me, hey, traffic is light. It's only going to take you five minutes. Things like this that, that turn us off. There are signs. There are signs for you and I. You know, believers, we can see things in our life happening that point to us being apathetic to the things of God. Okay, let me give you some of them, and then I'll, and I'll describe through them, and maybe this is you. Maybe this is what you're going through right now. Okay, number one, a subtle decrease in the interest of God and the things of God. Are there things in your life that you have put way above your relationship with God? What about on Sunday mornings, because of COVID-19 and the online church, have you been deciding to do something else that you felt was more important or higher priority than attending church? Is attending church the be-all, end-all? No, but it, you know, normally when we meet as a church, we're in a body of believers together. 
but we also, that creates this unity when we come together. But it's also important to, to be refreshed in the, in, in the Word. If you're not studying the Word every week and you're relying on Sunday service every morning to be your influx or your, your power surge in the Word of God, then you don't want to let that go. You want to be there, but you, more importantly, as we'll see as we walk through, you want to be in love with the Word of God. So if you're putting things in a higher priority than your relationship with God, if you cheer for sports teams louder than you cheer for the work of God, if you're doing anything that holds a higher priority than your relationship with God, you may be sinking into apathy. If at one time you were in a deep fire and passion for the Lord, like the first day you got saved, and now you're sitting there 20 years later, 10 years later, 5 years later, and you're like, man, yeah. I don't know, whatever, just don't care. Apathy is sinking in. Maybe it's deeply rooted. Here, let me give you a second one. You have a lack of interest in studying the word of God. Oh, man, wait, wait, are you ready? You could love going to church. You could love the fellowship aspects of being at church. You could love checking off the box that you attended church every Sunday but you do nothing with the word of God throughout the week. Or you started out with a real fire and love for being in God's word, and that has started to fall away, and other things have become a higher priority for the word of God. You would not believe the number of people who desire to hear the voice of God in their lives. I just want to know God's will. I just want to know... just need to hear an affirmation or a sign from God that he is working in my life. And they don't open the word of God. The word of God, 66 books of the Bible, is God's very voice. So when you open it, you will hear his voice. God will speak to you if you study his word. I mean, I have mentioned this multiple times across the podcast. But if you don't have a love for being in God's word, You may be apathetic to the things of God. Apathy may be sinking in. Number three. This is a hard one considering COVID. Still valid though. A reluctance to gather with other believers. Not just church. Maybe spending time in fellowship outside of church or small groups or Bible studies or or men's groups, or anything like that. These things that happen where other believers get together, and you would rather isolate and not participate. This is the problem with COVID. This was so isolating for everybody that anybody who was developing or sinking into apathy just before COVID started, this may have been the breaker. This may have been the joy that they found in not being with other believers that they just don't need to go back. If you struggle to want to be with other believers, apathy may be sinking in. Number four, you find multiple reasons to miss church, Bible study, or prayer meetings. Anything that has to do with building your relationship with God, apathy can be sinking in. Oh, I can't come this week to Bible study. I got something going on. I got some work. Or I work late. Uh, actually, the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing a playoff game tonight, and that 
is a higher priority than it is to attend something that I've got going on. Oh, man, there's nothing better than, than a playing a round of golf, building a fence, digging a hole, any of these things that might be happening that, that would hold a higher priority than any of the spiritual disciplines that would build my relationship with God. Oh, it's just too much effort. It's too much work for me to, you know, get going. This, this might be the most controversial comment of the podcast. Ugh, COVID rules. I feel like I don't need to wear a mask. It's my right not to wear a mask. I don't want to have this, and I, I don't want to have that, and vaccine this, and vaccine that, and all of these things that draw our attention away from the building of our relationship with God, they're all distractions. They're all things that take our focus away from building our relationship with the Lord. As I've said, just even, and you'll, and you'll hear over the next number of weeks when we start to release the Philippians podcast that we're recording right now, uh, that will release in the new year, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic started out as a unifying thing. We all need to come together and we need to protect ourselves, but 18 months later, it's the most polarizing thing in the world. There's more arguing over the virus amongst believers. The other day I was sitting with somebody and I thought to myself, you know, uh, I'm listening. I'm listening to this individual talk to me and they're telling me great things about their Bible study that's going on. And then for another 55 to 60 minutes, it was all about COVID. Have we lost, have we lost our focus? Do the, does, does a thing like the pandemic begin to create apathy. We make excuses for not being together. Find multiple reasons to not be in the word. I gotta, I gotta take this up. I gotta do this. Whatever that may, case may be. Here, let me give you another one. Number five. When I gather in church and I'm singing hymns and choruses, they're just empty words on a screen. This, this is the one for me. This is the one where I started to realize there was something going on in my relationship with the Lord when I would look around and I would see people who were, and, I, and I'm not talking about super, super emotional. I'm talking about people that believed the words they were singing and in response sent them out to the Lord with great passion and desire. I was like, I want that. I don't feel like I am a person that can't raise my hand, but I'm not really picking up the words of the song. What about that old kind of praise and worship song, Our God is an Awesome God? When you're sitting there and you're like, really, he's an awesome God? I haven't heard from God. I haven't heard him doing anything. How is he an awesome God? Well, you see, they all compound each other, all right? When you when you stop um, focusing on the things of the Lord, when you stop reading God's word, or you don't have a love for reading God's word, when you don't have a love for gathering with other believers, when you make excuses for not attending the things that are going to build your relationship with God, then you start to walk away from the Lord, and those songs become rote things on the screen, 
because they're starting to lose their meaning because you haven't been refreshed and revived in the word. You start to fail to recognize where God is working in your life. Become apathetic to the things of the Lord. Okay, this one here, this one's going to hurt, folks. This one is going to hurt. Are you ready? You constantly look towards the negative aspects of church. Ooh. Well, the pastor's not doing this. Oh, the leadership. Well, they're... Negative. Anything that you speak about what is happening is negative. Can't find anything positive in what is happening within the church. This one is the hardest one, I think, to deal with. I was speaking to another pastor a number of weeks ago, and he said something to me very profound, and I had to stop and think about it. And I really haven't stopped thinking about it since. <laughs> and kind of bothers me a little bit. But what he said was, um, he was speaking to another pastor, a mentor of his. And this pastor was talking about how he'd lost his love for preaching the word of God. That he was going through some very difficult times and some struggles. And, and he's like, I don't know how to get that passion and that love for the word of God back. I'm listening to other people. And the one he was referring to was me. I'm listening to this guy, and I'm hearing the passion and the love and that's coming out of him. And I, I want to get that back, but I don't know how to get that back. And then we started talking about how, why is it then what some pastors, when we all sit and listen to other pastors, we can always point out to the negative or the comment, that's not the way that I would do it. And this pastor said, you know, in this, that's one way you start to figure out that you're getting your love for preaching back. Is when you start to think and ponder through, I might have presented that in a different way. But he also said that you'll never be satisfied as a true preacher of the word of God. By what others are presenting before you. Because of your love for teaching the word. I had to think through that for a minute. Wait a minute. So sometimes I'm listening to the pastor and I might say, well, that's not the way I would have done that. You have to be very cautious in that because you don't want to become negative and, and be turned off from all of that. But, but the interesting part is, you know, it does excite me to want to teach that book of the Bible. But constantly being negative and not finding anything positive within the church will lead to apathy. How? Well, I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to be around all that stuff that's going on. I can't find anything positive there. There's leaders in that group of people that want, that I need to go and be a part of in the small group. And the negativity draws us away from the word of God instead of drawing us to. We're going to look at that a little bit more as we unpack. Here's one of the last ones that we're going to look at in the negative. What a downer this podcast is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, here we go. Turning not to the Bible when needing help. When needing guidance and instruction, you don't turn to the Bible, but you look for the quick fix 
spiritual growth book that can be found on the shelf. You look for something other than God's word to get you through. Now, bear with. There are a lot of great books out there. There are a lot of great books where you think it's founded and built upon scripture, and it is not. We need to be going to God and his word for all of our needs. There are some great books that help explain God's word to us to help us understand and apply. But if you know precept, you also know there's a great tool, the inductive Bible study, that helps you observe, interpret, and apply scripture. I will never forget pastoring in a church, and there was a lady that was in this church. And uh, we introduced her, Jessica and I introduced her to precept. And uh, she had three children, all diagnosed with autism, and her life was just, you know, it was just full. Uh, We have one child with autism, and our life is full. To have three children with autism, uh, two of them nonverbal, and so she was constantly looking for for, uh, answers, you know, looking for books, looking for different ways, and uh, she said to us once, I, lead, I read a lot of Christian fiction to get me through my most difficult times. I thought that was really interesting because maybe it was relating to the stories and the people in the, in the fiction of how, you know, maybe rescue or, or relief or peace or whatever was coming. But uh, we introduced her to uh, teach me to study the Bible in 28 days. And she began to study Jonah. And we saw a huge change in her. As she started to unpack the word of God through observe, interpret, and imply, she fell in love with God's word. And then it became a real passion for her. She was gobbling up Bible studies left and right, just so I can't get enough. I just God's opening my eyes, and he's unlocking the words of these scriptures like I've never seen before. This is the power of God's word in our lives. It can destroy apathy. But we got to go to it. And sometimes it's easier to find that 100-page self-help book than it is to do the work of unpacking God's word. All right, now let me give you five reasons why we can have apathy in our life and the end in our life, and these, these all come from Scripture. So Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. All right, so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. And, and uh, the first one is affluence. All right, we have everything we need, and therefore we can hang on to what we have and what we need, what we have versus relying on God. Matthew 13, 22 says, and the one on whom the seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word. And the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Did you hear it? All of the stuff, the temporary things of the world, they choke the word out and it becomes unfruitful. 
we can allow all kinds of riches and all kinds of things that we have to choke out the need for the word of God in our lives. First uh, Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 17. So First Timothy 6, verse 17 says, Instruct those who are rich in the present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. I mean, this is the world that we live in right now. It's absolutely amazing. And, and COVID has made it even uh, different. Okay, so you can buy things online and show up in the parking lot and they'll bring it to your car. You can buy things on Amazon and you can have it the next day. Do you know that Amazon is working right now towards same-day delivery? Can you imagine? Have you ever stopped and thought about that, that spending pattern? Does, does the, the joy and the gratification of seeing that Amazon box show up at the door, does that, that excite you and give you passion? You see, in North America, we can just buy and make ourselves feel good. We can take some of that apathy, apathetic feeling away by just purchasing things. So affluence, that can allow us to become ap apathetic. Because we have. We're not a country of have-not. This is why you see a great hunger for the word of God in some countries that do not have the same economic affluence that, that we do. Because there are people who are so desperate for hope. They don't have the money to be able to survive. And so they look to Jesus. And they keep their passion fire because they see God at work all the time. They see God providing in ways that you would never imagine. Sin and pride, those things take away our passion and love. 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 1 to 11. So 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. Listen to what 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 to 11 says about sin and pride. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, the Moabite, the Ammonite, the Edomite, the Sidonian, and the Hittite women, from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, you shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you. For they shall surely turn your heart away after their gods. Solomon held fast to these in love. He had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And, and his wives turned his heart away. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods. And his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord, his God, as the heart of David, his father, had been. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not follow the Lord fully, as David his father has done. Do you see, do you see what's happening here? Do you know that Solomon was warned, that the Israelites were warned to not marry foreign women because their heart will be drawn away from the Lord? Solomon started out so well, he built the temple, he, he dedicated the temple to the Lord. And, and the Lord, 
his glory uh, showed into the temple. But Solomon allowed foreign women to turn his heart after idols and turn away from God. How does sin and pride, how does it help us to become apathetic? Well, our pride and our arrogance elevates us above God. Sin and pride elevate us above God. We're more important. We don't need God. And in our problem solving, when we think about that, we think of big me, little God. So I'm bigger than God. I can solve it on my own. Why? Because I have the money to do it or I have the resources to take care of my problem. I can solve it myself. And if I don't have the money to do it, I'll figure out a way to get it. But I don't need to take this little problem to God because it's not as big of a problem as a terminal diagnosis of, say, cancer. That I would take to God. When I need a miracle, I'll take it to God. But anything else is not important to God. We start to raise idols up. This is the problem with Solomon. Solomon turned and started to worship idols and follow after them. And then he started introducing idols into all of the land because his wives turned his heart. Verse 9. The Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, had appeared to him twice and commanded him concerning this thing. How many times did God appear to him and tell him not to marry foreign wives? Twice. Not once, twice. So he's done this more than once and warned him, this is wrong, don't do it. But he did not observe what he commanded. Do you know what pride is? Pride is knowing the word of God, knowing what God says regarding the way we are lived to righteous life, and ignore it. Those things lead to apathy. Sin and pride lead to apathy. I love the sin more than I love God. You start to fall away. Priorities. A priority, the priorities that we have, that is another one, that uh, reason we have apathy. So let's look at the, the word of God when it comes to the priorities. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 38. So Matthew 22, uh, 37 to 38. In priorities, Jesus says, starting at verse 36, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the great and foremost commandment. Verse 39, the second, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Uh, here's, here's what God wants from us as believers. Love him first with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Put all of your passion and desire into your relationship with God. And the outcome of that is loving your neighbor. When we elevate anything like idols or priorities or anything that is pushed above our relationship with God, apathy will sink in. This is very important to understand that when we develop and we set out sort of those priorities in our lives, 
we have to ask ourselves, what is the priority of God's word in my life? Is it the first thing I do in the day or is it the last thing I do in the day? And I'm not talking about the, legal, the legalism of you need to wake up in the morning and you need to do your devotions. And then you feel like, oh, I didn't do it today, so I, I feel terrible about myself. But is meditating, is thinking on, is putting that desire of your relationship with God at the forefront of your priorities? Are you willing to say to no to other things in your life so that you do not allow God and his word to fall into the back pew? I cannot wait to see, and I think we're starting to see it, but I'm wondering about what the generation of church that is to come with all the students and the kids that played sports on Sundays. That parents drove their kids to the church, to the uh, to the hockey arena or to the baseball diamond or the soccer field on Sunday morning and showed their kids that the priority on a Sunday was the travel team or the sports team versus going to church. I played hockey and baseball on Sundays. But I also had a pastor and a mentor who would not allow his children to play any sport on the Sabbath priority was church two services so what are our priorities in that here here's another one trials trials can also create apathy let's look at the book of james for a minute james chapter 1 verse 12 listen to what the word tells us blessed is a man who perseveres under trial for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Do you know why trials can cause apathy? Is because we tend to start focusing on the difficulty and the suffering and the persecution in the midst of the trial that we forget that God is in the midst of it. Through the month of August, I studied the book of Job. If you've never studied the book of Job, I would challenge you to do so. Job, a righteous man, but man, his friends, whoo, just bombarding him in three different separate occasions. You have sin, man. You need to get rid of sin. You have sin. You have sin. And yet, none of them know the conversations that occurred in heaven. The best part of Job for me was when Job was constantly saying, I just need to get before the Lord. I've just got to get before the Lord, and I've got to plead my case that I'm a righteous man. I'm not a sinner. I've done nothing wrong. And then he gets his opportunity to stand before God, and he is silent. He can't say anything. But sometimes those trials, those boils on your skin, the loss of your family, those really difficult, down, hurtful things draw us away from God. I've seen over and over where people have had news of difficulty and struggle and they've walked away from the church instead of going into the church. Trial can cause apathy. One more. 
One more, and then I'll give you a couple of ways to destroy the problem, and then we'll break it down over the next number of weeks. All right, the final one comes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. So in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, another reason that we have apathy, and here it is. This is a big one. This is massive. This is the one that I'm seeing right now in our world. We forget the end game. We forget what is coming. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Do you know what's coming, folks? Do you know what's coming? Jesus is coming. Paul tells us in Colossians, set your eyes on the things above. Peter tells us, look for the hope that is to come. And sometimes when we're going about in our life right now, we forget the end game. Starting to see this a little bit in the response and the polarization of COVID. Are believers forgetting the end game? I'm hearing things like our freedoms and all of these things are being taken away. And, and you know, oh, I've got a, the vaccine and the vaccine and the vaccine. I mean, this is all the talk that's all going on. And it's overwhelming. It's too much to handle. It's, it's the thing that, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just driving me crazy. But you see, if you forget the end game, you need to realize that we are not of the world. We are in the world. We're not of the world, just like we've looked at through Daniel. But you see, all of these things are going to come regardless. But God's plan is too. So there are going to be restrictions. There are going to be freedoms lost. There is going to be suffering and persecution for a believer. And I don't know why that doesn't excite people. It gets people angry and polarized and breaks unity for the very fact that when these things happen, the clock ticks down and it's closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ and the glorification of you and I that we get to spend eternity in heaven. Forget about what's happening in this world. That is not the focus. When we focus on the things of this world and it becomes so overwhelming, that's that all we want to talk about, we forget about the end game. That we are not citizens of this earth. We are citizens of heaven. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get home. Because this temporary dwelling, it's no fun. My body aches. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of watching sin rule. Don't get me wrong, I very much feel like Paul in Philippians. I'm torn. There's so much work to be done for the gospel here, and I want to participate in doing that. But man, to be home with Christ. 
absolutely amazing. You see, we can get apathy because we forget the end game. We don't know what's at stake. We, we, we forget that we have this great hope that is coming. We get so focused on the circumstances around us. Ugh. Don't forget where we're going. Yes, things are going to be taken away from believers. They're already taken away from believers in other parts of the world. There's churches already in hiding. They have been for years. Don't forget the end game. Okay, let me give you two reasons apathy is terrible. Number one. It destroys the church. Apathy and apathetic people destroy the church. I'm going to give you a couple of passages and you can look them up on your own, but follow through into Revelation and look at Jesus when he is talking to John and he's giving word to the churches. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 and 3. And Revelation chapter 6, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All references to where we need to redraw our focus on God. And the second thing that apathy does is it destroys our relationship with Jesus. Like I said in the very beginning, God never moves. Jesus never moves his position. We do. We walk away. And it has the potential to cause some very difficult times in our relationship with God. But you see, he's just waiting for us. He's calling us to return to him and and ignite that fire and that passion for the Lord. So here's where we're headed in the podcast for the next number of weeks. Okay? Here here are five things that we're going to talk about and five principles to reignite that passion and that fire for God in your life. Number one, remove the sin that entangles your life. Number two, fall in love with the word of God. Number three, surround yourselves with believers. Number four, develop a strong prayer life. Number five, sell it all and rely on God. These are the things and the principles that we're going to walk through for the next five, five episodes. We're going to look at the importance of our relationship with the, word, with the Word of God. We're going to look at how to ignite our prayer life. We're going to look at the importance of worship. It's more than just music. We're going to look at the importance of how evangelism, how spreading and sharing and participating in the gospel can ignite our passion and our love and desire for God. And then finally, we're going to look at how suffering, suffering for Jesus, can keep us on fire for the Lord. So I hope and pray that as you listen to this podcast this week, that if, if you are one who is sinking into this, to this apathy, that you, would, that you would hangeth thou in there for the next number of weeks 
to see how we can build our relationship and our love for the Lord. I would challenge you that if you know somebody else that is dealing with this and you're like, you're not being judgmental of them, but they've come and they've said to you, look, I, I, don't, know, I don't know how to, how to reignite my love for the Lord. Share this podcast with them. I promise you through the next five weeks, we are going to see some great fruit from the word of God. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this time again. We pray that as we begin to work through the next number of weeks of the podcast, just looking today, Lord, at the problem of apathy, just looking at the reasons of why we become apathetic to the things involving our relationship with you, that if there's anything in in our hearts that you need to draw attention to through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you point those things out? Maybe we've become too critical and too negative of the things that are going on in the church. Maybe we've become too critical and negative of the things that are going on in the world. Maybe our focus has been drawn to idols that we would rather worship and love and put all our passions into versus you. Maybe we don't spend any time in the word of God or in conversation with you through prayer. Maybe the words on the screen are just rote words. All of these things that are going on, Lord, would you show us where we need to really work on our relationship with you? And that over the next number of weeks, Lord, that we would be challenged, we would be encouraged, and that we would see a difference when we put these principles and practices into place. We give it all to you now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Unlocking the Truth a podcast by Preset Ministries Canada. Be sure to visit our website, presetministries.ca, to find a Bible study class or workshop that will give you the tools to know God deeply and live differently.